for the next 75 to 90 minutes. You can join us as we tunnel under the border wall of ignorance and enter the good old 50 <laughs> states of knowledge about the Mexican national team. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Lightning Cracking in the Background podcast. Good gosh, the storm outside. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. I guess you're going to leave that in there then. I, I don't know what else to do. It might continue to keep, keep cracking. We're just going to be recording for the first time in a thunderstorm. Brian Chesko. Probably not the first time, but definitely the loudest time. True. I, I don't know what else to do. Like yeah, We crazy. have to record right now, so it's, it's like crazy. it is what it is. Well, we are here for a special edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. We have joined a collective of fantasy soccer podcasts, fantasy football podcasts, getting ready for the World Cup. Yeah. 2018. Exciting time. World Cup. Absolutely right. The mere, mere days away at this point. It is. You can count it down uh, with hands and toes, fingers and toes, I think, at this oh boy. point. But uh, it is coming up, and uh, a number of fantasy podcasts are getting together to preview different countries. Yes. That are participating in the 2018 World Cup held in Russia this summer. And this is our contribution as we preview Mexico's chances in the in the upcoming World Cup. A really we, great idea, by the way. This absolutely. Is such a great idea. I wish we could have been previewing the United States. Yeah. The US of A. But of course, our national team decided to be a bunch of <laughs> bags and decided to that they didn't want to qualify this year, Brian. Absolutely so this no point, one will know what got bleeped out. They will have no idea what you said. I don't know if I'm going to bleep that out because technically it's not a bad word. Yeah, that's well, true. Right. Um, so, But we'll see. Uh, but I might anyways just for fun because bleeping out unnecessary words can sometimes be fun. That's true. Regardless, hey, let's get behind and we'll get we'll get to it, even though Mexico is kind of the USA's rival, right? So, like, true. I'm not used to rooting for Mexico, right? I won't have a problem with it. Not this year. No. I won't. I will. I, okay. well, you, you stick, good drama for yeah. good, good for the Ser rest of the podcast. Seriously. You stick with that. I'm going to get behind them, root for the North American continent. Whatever. At the hard listen, it's sort of like this. When the when the when the Premier League like like Liverpool in the Champions League final, I'm not rooting for Real Madrid. I'm gonna be rooting for Liverpool. They're the Premier League representative i am going to be re uh, rooting for costa rica i'm going to be rooting for mexico uh panama i could give, give three rips about See, but panama is the only only country i care about in, in Concacaf because it's their first world cup they're the darlings no congrats to them and, and, and uh, seriously maybe, i really maybe I really... you shouldn't be previewing mexico then so. <laughs> that's true i'll uh i'll tune in next time when we okay. start to preview panama why don't we choose panama no, we chose Mexico because that's the country we watch the second most. That's I know. United it's States. so true. Very true. Very true. <laughs> it, it's it's interesting what, how this has played out. It's consistent, Dave. Your Liverpool analogy in the Champions League final. See, for me, I'm equally consistent because as a Liverpool fan, I didn't go anywhere near the FA Cup final between United and Chelsea because I don't care about either of those clubs. Yeah, but it was two English teams. Like, what, but what I'm saying is, if it was an English team and an Italian team, you probably would have leaned English. No. Just because we follow the Premier League. I think you would have. No. I think you're being weird right Juventus, now. Juventus, if it had been Juventus, Juventus is, is a blast to watch. 
This They're is a great club. I'm not yeah, questioning that. This is nothing to do with Mexico, does it? No. We are trying to preview Mexico <laughs> in the upcoming World Cup. We're doing them a disservice at this point. Let's, All bring, right. let's bring it around. Our job is to give you 10 facts about Mexico. We're going to do it in a way that only we know how. The 10th and final fact will be our predictions for how we think Mexico will do. Sure. So that's very exciting. You can stay tuned to the end for that. Mm-hmm. Mexico, let me just set the stage here a little bit. Hopefully I'm not stealing any of your facts, gentlemen. Well, no. The only thing that we didn't say is that for the next 75 to 90 minutes, you can join us as we tunnel under the border wall of ignorance and enter the good old 50 <laughs> states of knowledge about the Mexican national team. That's so apropos. Wow. <laughs> we are talking about the Mexican national team. It's true. We Listen, are so mean. No, this is, hey, let's, let's, let's Jimmy Kimmel this thing and laugh in the face of... <laughs> Of stereotypes, okay? Let's right. just embrace it. Everyone can have a good joke. That's fantastic. Man. Look, well done. Well done. The sitting president wants to put a border wall up. <laughs> that's, that's true. All, that's what we know. And there's 50 states in our United States right. of America. Yeah, I get it. I totally got that. Mexico is going to be playing in Group F alongside Germany, South Korea, and Sweden. Tough group. Yeah. Not an easy group at all. Uh, their first match will be against Germany. Their second match will be South Korea. And then the third match, which could determine their fate, will be against Sweden. Now, let's just jump right in. Sweden or Switzerland? Sweden. Okay. I feel like when you opened it, I thought you said Switzerland, but I could have been wrong. Anyways, just good for clarification. Sure. Either you sounded dumb or I did. Either way, I'm glad it's clear. You were confused because he didn't say Sweden with a Z for (laughs) Zlatan. Yeah, that had to have been it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was absolutely it. All right. Well, how about we get on to the facts, shall we? On to the facts. I'll go ahead and begin. Uh, by the way, cheers, gentlemen, in hey, honor of Mexico. Yay. This we po- are... podcast brought to you by uh, Cerveza Variety Pack, uh, purchased by my parents not too long ago, Dos Equis and uh, Soul. Dos Equis and Soul and Dos Equis Negro? Is that no, right? Blanca. 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 Blanca in my face. Um, yeah, excellent. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mexican beers. That's yep. right. I'm going to take us back to the history of Mexico for a little bit. Fun fact, Mexico was the first ever country to host the World Cup twice. Really? They did so in 1970 and then again in 1986. Both hmm. times they hosted, it also represented the best result Mexico ever had. Host countries always seem to do well. Absolutely. Don't they? And in this case, that was uh, still the case. Uh, Mexico made it to the quarterfinals both times mm-hmm. they hosted. Hmm. Good work. Reminds me of South Korea, which I forgot. They made the semifinals when they hosted like four year, eight, Did they eight really? years ago. Yeah. 2012, they made it to the semifinals. They beat Italy. Not 2012. I thought it was 2012. Maybe uh, it was before be 2002. that. Okay, maybe it was because there was no 2012. But bottom line is okay. they yeah they advanced. There wasn't 2000. You're right, 14. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 2002 when they hosted. I Correct. didn't realize they went to the semifinal. They did. Yep. Fun, fun fact. Anyways, interesting. This Le- is not a South Korea podcast. Thank you. You beat me uh, to South it. Korea, the Mexico of Korea, the <laughs> Korean Peninsula. <laughs> South Korea, the other team in their group that we're not referencing right now. Right. That's right. Let me take us to uh, fun fact number two about the Mexican team, if I might. I did a little math, found all of the results in all of the World Cups that Mexico has played in. Wow. And I found their win-loss, win-draw-loss record. Okay. Okay. Now, there are a lot of countries who probably don't have great win-draw-loss records in the World Cup. 
lot of countries out there. You know, we've looked and talked about how there's only something like eight countries that have even won the World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of countries who've participated who don't do well at all. Panama, after this first World Cup of theirs, probably won't have a great win sure. draw loss record. Mexico is absolutely no exception. Really? In their historical World Cup history, well, historical World Cup history, how do you like that? I guys? like that. That's, I like that's that. a good that's description. A lot of, yeah. of hisses. Yes. Uh, they have had 14 wins, 12 draws, 27 losses. Ooh. I'm actually surprised by that. Mm. Not sure why, but I'm surprised by that. A lot of losses early on, back going, you know, dating back to the uh, initial World Cups in the 30s and 40s. A lot of losses, not a lot of wins. That's until... when the, the North American continent was getting like a token invite. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. And it was given to Mexico. Even yeah. then, they were still dominating CONCACAF. <laughs> Always <laughs> right? do. They probably were, yeah. Always do. Let me go ahead and give you my third historical based fact about Mexico. Nice. There are two World Cups in which they played where things didn't go well for them because they didn't even get a chance to play. Two World Cups? Two World Cups. In 1938, they chose not to play for political reasons. And there were a lot of countries that did in 1938. Very volatile time politically, I'm told. Uh, very early stages leading into World War II. Sure. You might recall, Dave. Because I don't know why, but I think you're there. Sure, 1940, yeah, yeah but it's yeah. precursor to there, 38. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they withdrew from that World Cup, did not participate. There was a second World Cup that they didn't participate in. This one because they were banned, banned, mm. and it was in 1990. Wow, not that long ago. Yeah. They were banned. They were banned from all major competitions for a couple of years, which included the 1990 World Cup because they fielded too many overage players in a junior tournament. Wow. They received that a punishment. like a bit harsh. Hey, and man. that included the 1990 World Cup. Wow. I was in middle school for that and not paying attention to, to uh, anything football at that point. It was but the next World Cup that we probably 94, started paying attention to. That's right. because Which it, was here in the U.S. That's exactly right. Still, yeah. to this day... Blows my mind that, that I did not go to a game, but it was. Well, yeah. in about uh, eight years when we host it again. That will change. That might change. Absolutely. Hashtag 2026. North American World Why World. has it been that long since North America has been able to hold on to one? I mean, it's gone all around the world. Think about it. Asia, Africa. No, I understand, and I understand that they rotate continents, but how has it been that long that... It happens every four years. I don't know. No, there's I, six continents. Mm, 24 I, years. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's seven continents, but we're not going to have an Antarctic. I feel like Australia gets yeah, I would a, imagine. Yeah. Like they just get a like they have an unfair advantage. Who does? Australia. Like they And yet have the they hosted a World Cup? Have they? They certainly could. I would imagine that they could do that. They haven't. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I mean technically they're continents. Moving yeah. on. Anyway, those are my three facts. I would like to stay in the facts, uh, at least for the beginning, just as a reminder that we're talking about uh, El Tri. That's the, right. The nickname of, of Mexico and the Mexican national team is El Tri. Because El Tri, of? Because of their flag, the tricolored flag. That's Which where That's where the nickname comes from. Many other Lucky for them, they were the first tricolored 
flag having country to claim the nickname. El Tree, right. <laughs> I was gonna say because there's right. many, many other tri clad well, countries. Italy shares the exact same colors. Yeah, well just think like Are what, they in the uh, same every, order? Every country pretty much has three colors on <laughs> there. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Either way, it is good. I like the nickname. Uh of course, not to drag CONCACAF back into this, but their nickname should just be Gigantes de CONCACAF. <laughs> uh, CONCACAF <laughs> Giants. True. Um, just for the way that they've dominated the rest of the the uh, the Americas uh, most of the time here, at least Central and North American side. The second fact is just a number hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, and you guys can weigh in on this. The number is 44. 44? 44. 44 is the number of different starting lineups that Mm. Mexican manager Juan Carlos Osorio has fielded in the matches that he's managed, which is 44 matches. Wow. Hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Let me understand this correctly. Yes. Every single match that he has managed, which is 44, has had a different starting lineup. Yep. Wow. He has managed 44 matches. How is he that He has fielded possible? a different starting lineup in all 44. It just doesn't even make sense. Uh, How could you be successful doing any of well, that? Well, and so that's where, so Guillermo Memo Ochoa, the, the hero of the World Cup 20, 2014 Mexico performance, Um. He said, it was like that, I mean, when, when your guy that had such a performance in the World Cup that even haters became fans, you know, uh, he said, it's time to stop with the experiments. We have to focus on how we play as a team. But I ask you, Osorio's record in the 44 matches he's managed is 29, 8, and 7. Wow. That's a good record. So it is. And so I guess... Going into this World Cup, would you want your manager to be Claudio Ranieriing your roster that much, basically for the last three years? He started in 2015. So, do you do you want this going into the World Cup? No, I'd be really nervous. No, I'm not. I you, wouldn't. You be- wouldn't be nervous. If you've had 44 different nope. lineups. Nope, because. Now that they have named a provisional squad, and he probably has a good idea who he wants on his final 23-man squad, that's when you really start to prepare for a World Cup. That's when you really decide what you have and how you're going to play those 23 players. So once now that we're getting into pre-World Cup matches, mm-hmm. you know that, that stage of preparation that's when I would start to get worried if he does a different lineup every time. Hmm. That's when about I would, these might play two, yeah, these two or three two matches or friendlies. Okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Right. Most of the time countries will schedule a couple of friendlies that mirror clubs. That they're going to play in the world cup. Okay. I would worry if he doesn't know what he's doing with this group mm-hmm. for those matches in preparation. World cup. That's when I'd start to worry up, up until this point. I mean, national teams are funny things. They really are. You know, you, you have different rosters for different time frames, different competitions, different types of matches. Like, you don't just have a starting 11 that you play all the time whenever you have a national team match. Probably true. You, know, you, you, you do experiment for friendlies. You experiment for, you know, l- lesser matches. And, 
we can dra- and I drag it in here at this point too. I think it's it's worth mentioning. This is not necessarily one of my facts, but I think it's important that to remember that the last six, like that. I mean, unless this is your stat, Dave. I no, I don't no, want to no, steal ahead. this from you. But the last six World Cups, I was going to say they, this they, too. Right, that yeah. they've been eliminated in the round of sixteen. That's right, the last six World. So, Cups. So I mean, you have to be asking yourself, even at the you know, as a fan, if you're on the team, like Dios mío. Adios, por favor, <laughs> can we make it past the round of which? By the, the way, the last, <laughs> the last six World Cups dates back to what year, Brian? Nineteen ninety-nine. Nope, I can't do math. That was when the Women's World Cup took place in the United States. I am. I really am not doing the math. Nineteen ninety-four. Nineteen ninety-four. So, did they do better in ninety-four? They did the. Re- that was the first time they finished in the round of sixteen. Okay, that started their six World Cup streak of so, finishing in the round of sixteen. But that's fairly respectable. Getting to the round of sixteen is not well. A- and that's, and that's one of their other. Well, that's one of the country standards. Well, that's one of the other stats also in their favor in this in the six straight World Cups in which they've been eliminated in the round of sixteen. Only they, Brazil and Germany, they're the only three teams that have gotten past the group stage in all six wow. of the last six. So, so that's good. It's like yeah, it's just a, it's sense, a nice it's consistency, good. like getting out of the group stage. Uh, Two of those World Cups, the United States did not get, and, out then, of the and then you win. The, so you get out of the group stage, and you win the next round, right? Right to get to the round of sixteen. Is that correct? That's incorrect. No. So you the just group get, stage getting out of the group to stage. The round of sixteen. Right. The, okay. Yeah. They are trying what they want, and so the the concern, if there's concern, is now you know it feels a little bit like weirdly like the U.S. the last at least the last two World Cups where it's like, hey, we have aspirations here. Beyond the beginning round, like we need to, mm-hmm. we we know we can do this. We've done right. this a lot. Our quality and the our consistency here says we need to be. You mean looking, losing to Belgium need, one nothing? Exactly. This is not a USA podcast. We need to get to the. You know, we need to get to the well semi, since to we're the on semifinals. The, since yeah. we're on the subject, it's Group F is going to play Group E in the round of sixteen. It only makes sense when talking about how Mexico could get out of the round of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what their chances would be for that. we got to look at the, what the matchups would be. And Group E is not an easy group. Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. No, not easy. So oh, if so we could have like a, a you could Mexico, have an all Brazil. We Well, well more could, than likely, yeah. you probably have... Germany, yeah, Mexico's probably not going to be Mexico, Germany. Mexico, Brazil, Wouldn't Mexico as one coming out of there. Yeah, you'd probably put them at two behind Germany. and you're Which probably means Costa Rica's got might have to go up against Germany? Yep. Stinks. Yeah, I mean, why, why do the soccer gods hate CONCACAF right now? Mm. Hey, but the, the Ameri- you never know. The, the Central-South American rivalry could, you know, could propel them. The thing that would make me nervous is... Even uh, it's Juan Carlos Osorio's quote, even leading in, like he's you know talking about mindset. You know, he said, told Fox Deportes, getting to the semifinals of the World Cup, it's very hard, but I think we have the right to dream and the same right to think that it's a goal that can be achieved. I like it reminds me like I don't want to yeah it, when Jurgen Klinsmann was talking about the U.S. advancing, it was kind of like well. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves yeah. here, folks. Yeah. Like we, we know what we have. In Klinsman's defense, he was saying semifinals of the Copa America Centenario, which didn't right. have any impact on anything. Yeah, so not just, the World Cup. I think for for Mexico, obviously, it, they they have the pedigree, they have the consistency. You'd hope that they, you know, 
it seems that it could come down to, you know, if it is, if it's manager decisions, I, you know, you just hope that you're not tinkering around so much, making so many adjustments for the matchup that it ends up coming back to bite you. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's more than uh, one person out there that may be, uh, may be thinking that. All this round of 16 aside, I'm not lean. I'm not tipping my hand at all in how I'm going to predict Mexico's chances, but you know, it's just as likely that they maybe more likely that they don't even get to the round of 16, given the group that they're in first than it is that they get past the round of 16. I think they're going to be fine in their group. I really do. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Listen, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want to, I want to stand confidently behind the team that, that we're backing right now. I wouldn't say we're backing them. We're just describing them. Well, you might not be, but I'm backing. Is the math enough that, as what is for as far as FIFA is concerned, they're fifteenth. The right. FIFA ranking shouldn't the fifteenth best team? Oh gosh, <laughs> these rankings are so. Can irrelevant. we do? If, if hey, you know who's fourteen? Who Tunisia? Shut up! I'm serious. That's Tunisia. Mexico is one behind Tunisia. That's impossible. <laughs> not with Wabi Kazri. I'm not, not necessarily impossible. coming at the Tunisians. I'm just really, really. Really surprised. By the way, this Either is way. not a Panama podcast, but Panama's in the same group as Belgium and England. Oh, boy. So, CONCACAF, big old middle finger from FIFA. Yeah, well, that's a tough look, one. sometimes, just listen, they wanted to avoid CONCACAF Thunder, which happened last World Cup, which was a lot of fun. Thanks, men and blazers. That's true. Um, so, hey, look, Ryan, what else What what, what else can we learn there? Um, well, I have really only have one other thing. Um, it's only it's only perfect that there's thunderstorming outside right now. You, if thunder, you have other information, might be coming through the mics right now. If you have other fact based information you would like to share, well, do that. no. So look, I wanted to bring up some players that I thought would be good. Specific, that sounds exactly right. Specific to some of Mexico's success. Okay, number yeah. one, you can't me- mention the Mexican team without referencing. Uh, Rafa Marquez, 39 years old. He is the LRD and or slash manager and or slash godfather of this team. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. Listen, uh, he plays for his, his home club, his club Atlas in Guadalajara in Liga MX. Okay. He started his career there. And like, and this is kind of cool. He went and played at other places. He played at, um, he played at some some bigger clubs. He played at Monaco, Barcelona, New York Red Bulls. Well, some bigger club like Barcelona. Yeah, I mean Barcelona is one of the many. Sort of big. Some of club. the bigger clubs. Do you love how that went from Monaco to, to Barcelona Red to Red <laughs> yeah, sure. Bulls? Yeah. And then, uh, anyways, but bottom line is he. Oh, the he, New York Red Bulls. Oh yeah, really great giant club. <laughs> yeah, Sean Wright Phillips. He's uh, he's finishing up his his career at his uh, the place where he started, which is always cool. In 2014, Brian, he ended up becoming the first player to captain his team in four straight World Cups. Yeah, that's so that, great. I mean, that's pretty cool. So the fact that he's playing in his fifth, he's on out. Listen, I don't know how much he'll be in Sorry, the squad. Sorry, Gigi Buffon. Well, yeah, I don't know how much he's going to be in the squad, but he will be there for a fifth time, so, that, so that's cool. Moving on, he's had some important times. In 2016, he scored the winning goal. Scott, you will remember this vividly, in the 89th minute to beat the U.S. in Columbus in that qualifier 2-1 to one, yeah. uh, that, for the most part, eventually sealed the U.S. to 
World yeah. Cup obscurity. To not get that Dosa Cero result in the U.S.'s favor definitely hurt. So Rafa Marquez, with all the good things that he's brought to the team over the years, brings a little bit of controversy. Ooh. That meaning yeah. in August 9th, 2017, he was named as one of 22 people sanctioned under the Foreign Narcotics Kingpin Destination Act. It's true. For ties to a drug trafficking organization headed by Raul Flores Hernandez with links to the Sonola Cartel and the Jalisco, as it's probably pronounced Jalisco, New Generation Cartel. So, uh, according to the Office of Foreign uh, of the the OFAC, the Office of Foreign Affairs, Marquez conducted a money laundering scheme, acting as a straw as a straw person for Flores Hernandez and his criminal organization. So, technically, he has not been charged with anything, but he mm-hmm. has been referenced, and he demands his innocence. He does. He absolutely he does. Absolutely. And insists. technically, in fairness to him, there's nothing been proven in such. Listen, uh, as a United States citizen. I can't say our government always makes the right decisions. So I have no idea what to say in this. I'm just bringing this. I'm just throwing this out there because I feel like if we talk about Mexico, we should probably mention this. Marquez has been a fixture and a staple in this team for the last 20 years. In a plot twist, it's our government that's to blame for Rafa Marquez scoring against us in a World Cup qualifier. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Seriously. Well, it came, and it's important to mention at least a, a little bit because it came up this week uh, because he was he was pictured in training. Uh, without any of the Mexican national team sponsorships on his clothing. That's interesting. And so that was, it was seen as, uh, well, it seemed like, you know, a significant thing for somebody who obviously is as important as he is. Sure. And there are some questions as to whether or not he's even going to be mentioned or named in the final squad. Right. He's definitely on the fringe. So he's 39 years old, obviously. Obvious reasons. That would, he, you know, so. Who knows? Who knows what will happen there? I know how I feel right now as I approach my 35th birthday. Sure. I can't imagine being ready for a World Cup four years from now. Yeah. Now, let alone four years sure. from now. Yeah. Oh, you'd be fine, Scott. You're, you're an in-shape chap. I know how my knees feel, too. Hey, Hector Herrera, 28 years old, 5'11". Um, he's a captain. He just captained Porto to a, uh, a Portuguese League championship. Hmm. Um, for... Uh, the years of 2013-2018, he's had 134 appearances for Porto, 20 goals. He is a box-to-box midfielder. Mm-hmm. He is all over the place. Uh, things that define him are pace and dynamicism. I think mm-hmm. I said that correctly, Brian. Nope, but that's okay. Dynamism. There you go. There we go. Um, Dynamasticism. Bre- <laughs> breaking up attacks with tough tackling. Like, he is not scared of a tough tackle. He would make Brother Matt proud. And he's tireless. You need that guy. He's absolutely tireless. Um, so Has Jurgen Klopp looked at him? He probably has. Okay. He probably has. Absolutely. He'll be the it guy after the World Cup. Hey, uh, two other midfielders who who would, would bring some some outside pace in action are Irving Lozano, Lozano and Carlos Vela. Um, I'm a Carlos, big Irving Lozano fan. Yep. He currently he had uh, 16 goals with PSV Eidenhoven this year. Although we know how the Dutch league, the, the scoring numbers can be a little inflated. Easy yes, to score there. There. it's a little inflated. But but hey, he still scored the goals. That's fact. 
Right. Complete fact. And then Carlos Vela, who's been playing, he that guy's had a, a weird and interesting career. Used to be in the Arsenal organization, and it just kind of floundered around. He kind of was on the fritz a little while with the Mexican Federation, playing for the national team with some of the coaches, I guess is in good graces with Osario. Brian, did mm-hmm. I say his name? correctly not quite but you'll learn it when he becomes the united states men's national team if he does poorly for mexico he has not agreed to in a contract extension with mexico which is seen as both uh, a good move for mexico and for himself to keep his options open yeah (laughs) Yeah. hey and uh, carlos carrero the new head of u.s soccer is interested. Yeah, well, okay, we're right on. Hey, listen, t- two two players Wait, I want to bring up. Can I root against Mexico for that reason now? Do we want Juan Carlos Osorio as our manager? That would be interesting, and I would be probably okay with that. I just don't know enough about Juan Carlos Osorio. Did I say that? Osorio. No, still Osorio. not right, but Osorio. that's okay. Osorio. I mean, if it's between him and Wagner, David Wagner. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into Wagner. I know you have a crush on him. I do have a little crush on Wagner. It's because you have matching beards. We need more That's Germans. Exactly right. Um, hey, so ra- rounding this out, oh, two guys who I think will probably play a very pivotal p- part for uh, Mexico, and that's mm-hmm. Javier Chicharito Hernandez and Raúl Jiménez. Everyone's favorite Chicharito. Now Chicharito is no stranger to Mexican the Mexican Federation, Mexico national team. He's been around for a while. He's age 29. Last year played with West Ham, 28 appearances, eight goals. Although not all those appearances were starts, Brian, as we know. Oh, that's for sure. Don't you think that's enough for a chip on his shoulder, his West Ham season? Yeah, no, I do. I, I, or listen, does chip on shoulder not matter for no, somebody listen, who's uh, this, this is this who is does a guy who injuries always seem to plague him. He played from fifteen to seventeen. He played for Bayer Leverkusen, fifty four appearances. In those fifty four appearances for Leverkusen, he had twenty eight goals in those three years. Like that's a really good goal to game ratio. This Scott, guy, I know you want to poo poo this. No, I don't. I don't think chip on shoulder matters. Okay. This guy has always been at his best. I meant okay, not K as in what. I understand. This guy has always been at his best wearing the Mexican kit. Hmm. If he could have gotten paid to play for country, he would be world class. So you do get actually paid a little bit, but I'll say this. (laughs) Sure, but Uh, you know what I mean. in In 2017, in international games, he had 11 appearances and four goals. So, I mean, that's a pretty good ratio especially listen that might not sound like a good ratio if you're comparing it to club matches but in the international game you don't practice together as much and the goals are always less so scott as we like to compare like championship goals to premier league goals Mm -hmm. i feel like there's got to be some form of a conversion the opposite measurement for for world club to 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 international goals right they happen less Frequently, there's just less scoring in the international game. Fact, there is. Unless you're playing, you know... San Marino. San Marino or Luxembourg or Gibraltar. Kosovo. Literally, Gibraltar will throw out their firemen, a few policemen, a doctor... And a nurse, and they'll they'll play the game with six people. It's one of my like favorite things ever. Uh, this is not a Rock of Gibraltar podcast. Um, anyway, so so Chicharito and then Raúl Jiménez, who uh, he had a really strong season with Benfica. His age is twenty seven, um, 
In the last three years he's been he's been at Benfica, he's at 80 appearances, uh, 18 goals. His style, Scott, is like Giroux. Olivier Giroux, who anyone who listens to our Premier League podcast knows um, that we cover them. Uh, but he has a hold-up style play. He's a very good passer, um, like Giroux is, and he's very cool in the box. No, no, stop. Somebody missing, he's somebody giving me the thumbs Olivier like, what's this guy talking no, about? No, bring in the analysis. No, I won't this listen. This stuff. I know Olivier Giroux. I watched him play for many years. I am a fan of his, even though he is playing for the cursed Chelsea now. But, meaty Mexican forehead. But Jimenez <laughs> plays, has a very similar style to him. And so, listen, so my thought is this. In watching Chicharito, I, most of these games will come down to certain counterattacks in the international game who will make a mistake defensively, and then certain set pieces. And Jimenez and Chincharito will both help them in those areas possibly make some plays that will win them a game. So I think they'll, they are absolutely impact players. Very good. Thank you, Dave. Ryan, um, you've got a, a special segment that you Yeah, it's do. a segment we like to have on our, on our uh, fantasy Premier League soccer podcast, and it's something that I feel like is worth um, worth inserting here uh, on the grounds that it's something that I I think is important for for viewership. Yeah, I, it's a it's a how to say where we talk about somebody's name, pronounce it the uh, pronounce it the what the we proper, hope is the, the right way, way, right, and just talk about that uh, person a little bit. So and I uh, uh, there's music. I normally want music with this. Typically. I don't always get what I want, but no, I, sometimes I do. ask for it a lot. Uh, is there going to be music for this? Can uh, there be? Surely, I'm sure we'll do something. My my hope is that I get. Uh, it's the mariachi classic, El Rey. Okay. Uh, the version by Vincente Fernandez is the one that I'm looking for here. I'm sure you can find it okay. because you have the internet, like sure. a lot of other folks. Sure. Uh, I feel like that song has the proper uh, grandiosity. You know, though, that segment. you're probably going to get something from the Coco soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> which would not, which would not be bad. I sure, I would be, I would be personally okay with that, but not what I ask for for the sake of accuracy. Sure. Today, we honor true football royalty. Really? Yeah. El Rey, of course, means the king. Oh. Says a, a, uh, a football royalty here, yeah, a monarch of the monosyllabic, you might say, Ooh. a man we know simply because of his greatness in front of the microphone. His story begins, as you would guess, based on this podcast in Buenos Aires, Argentina. <laughs> sure, I knew the it. city of his birth. Yeah. At this point, you could rightly ask us, among other things. Why did you choose a popular mariachi song, a traditionally Mexican style of music, sure. for a segment about a guy from Argentina? Well, first, as with most people putting content on the internet, we're hoping there are no fact checkers listening. <laughs> <laughs> there are no fact checkers listening to this. Second, it is simultaneously the most football thing we could do and the most American thing we mm. could do. Uh, the important. football part of it speaks for itself. Why the most American thing? Because the fact is, who cares if he's Argentinian <laughs> by birth? His voice is one of the best there is in either hemisphere when it comes to calling football matches. Yep. Um, and as we've heard in the past, well, now nearly 20 years, Andres 
has now expanded his territory into the Olympics. He's called baseball, other sports. It is not just a football voice. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, Andres will not be calling any of the World Cup matches for Fox. The Fox Networks. What's wrong with Here in people? the United States. You sh- you they, went, they, went, they went discount. You screwed up Fox. Fortunately, he will be calling matches for Telemundo. And they've used the them in their commercials. Span- and the Spanish-speaking broadcast of the World Cup, which we can talk about that in just a second. That's the last thing we can talk about. It will be the only way we can hear that legendary goal call without going to YouTube and reliving old memories of mm. Landon Donovan scoring against Algeria. Oh, man. I've watched that video so many times. Uh, our very special How to Say Hombre is none other than Andres Cantor. Yeah. Uh, one of the best voices that we could possibly have it's will true. not be calling it for Fox. Us. Um, which hilariously, Telemundo, I believe we may have mentioned it. Do we mention it on the on our other on the fantasy podcast? Just talking about Fox's half thing, the World Cup. I think have we, we I, I mentioned think it, was off, it? Off mic. It's not. It is not something. It is. Yeah. It is. It has been expressed a little more broadly, uh, and in fact, the uh, Telemundo Deportes president. Uh, recently said it he said that yes he said quote i just don't know how else you would do it meaning putting announcers in russia (laughs) and not in a studio here in the united states which is what fox is doing yeah smelling the grass hearing the fans the three dimensions weather all those things the full view and the full immersion in those moments, to me, that's what sports is all about. So we're going to do that in as many places as humanly possible. So good. Like, smart move, man. And you're also going to send one of the best people doing it there. I Meanwhile, think I'm just going to have to watch Telemundo. We, well, a lot of there people is, are. Yeah, I was going to say, that is not going to be, it, it, it is a, probably not going to be a bad way to watch. Well, it's it might be the best way to watch. So NBC which is the network that, that airs the Premier League here in the United States, owns Telemundo, or at least the same you know, mother company or whatever you want to say. The same, you know, and the same mother company. Yes, thank you. And uh, they heavily promoted the World Cup during the Premier League uh, because they could potentially steal, at the very least, they're going to steal the Spanish-speaking population in sure. the United States and from might, Fox. And they might they steal might some, steal, that's exactly steal some right. English speakers as that's well. That's exactly right. Because let me tell you, well, I'll keep this to myself, but we have some announcers that are horrible and garbage. Yeah. So American announcers. Part of the promotion of Telemundo's coverage of the, of the World Cup was simply Andres Cantor coming like walking in front of the camera, turning yeah. to face it, and just saying, "Go!" And of course, and then they cut the highlights, and I mean, it's amazing. Sure. Yeah. And it was in the Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl true. ad. That's true. That was where it aired the first time. It was, it was for the purpose of, of, I mean, any. I think there are way more people who are interested. It's not as seen as a. I don't think as much of a mockery of like the best the, you know the biggest right. game in America in the Super Bowl anymore of right. the fact that the World Cup is going to be on Telemundo and everyone knows Andres Cantor was on the Simpsons he was on David Letterman in the 90s 
to do just that because it was became so it's such a, it's so iconic yeah it is absolutely just a, it is the voice so excellent yeah, that's well, what we wanted to i wanted to make sure we, we i love that into this podcast i think uh you know there's obviously we could do a deep dive in all sorts of different places but i think we did a good little uh, preview all around Brian, there's, there's one more thing I, I know. I believe we both wanted to reference, actually, Scott, in our notes. Uh, Brian, did you want to mention about the, the friendlies? How many friendlies? Well, yeah, just I think it's it's worth at least just to say How? It, 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 isn't, it isn't that big of a stretch. It shouldn't be just because of the exposure the Mexican national team has had in the, US. In the United States. That's correct. The, the, the big number is that they've played 61 of 76 friendlies on America on US soil since 2008 which that's a ridiculous and, number and wow. uh, Washington Post is one of the places that you know like the people who have been talking about this but it it the word that's typically used for that is unprecedented it's, in, it's like in international soccer no yeah no what other team is going well, to play on someone else's that's why ground. that's why unless the United States plays their World Cup qualifying matches against Mexico in Columbus, Ohio, the whitest city yeah. in the country. That's not true, but you know, sure, go you with just, me on this. Yeah, hyperbole. Uh, un- unle- you know, unless they play there, Mexico has more fans in the stadium well, than the United States Ryan, does in yeah. this country. W- wasn't it about forty to sixty thousand? Yeah. 000? So that yeah, the other the other number is that in the past four years, their average, the annual average attendance. Is between forty and sixty thousand, and that's not when they're playing the right. U.S. And so, and so that yes, that's not their friendlies against just the United States, and that's not just in L.A. or Dallas. Like the big one was was not too long ago here when they played in AT and T Stadium in Dallas. And mm-hmm. uh, the um, was it Serbia that they played there? I think I don't remember. Were I they basically know. filled the biggest the, NFL stadium? In the country, yeah. and, and you'd say like, "Oh, well, it's Dallas; it's closed." But they have done; they've averaged an attendance uh, that is massive, and they've played in Denver, and they have played in Columbus, and they've played in Nashville, and they've played in a lot of other cities that yeah. you'd just say like, "Wow, it doesn't; it's not nearly as, you know, it's not nearly as close." You'd say not as close to the border necessarily, right? So, no, I think it's a really, you know, I think it's a really strong. Uh, following and then just thinking in terms of percentages, you know, it's you know the, the estimates are true. You know, it's thirty some million right. uh, people of Mexican descent living in the United States. Think of the I said like the burning football passion of that that ten percent of the American popu- population right. compared to the burning hot indifference <laughs> of most of the rest of the American population. It just puts everything when it comes to, shame. to football. Like there are a lot. I bet you there's. Uh, several times more that 30 million number mm-hmm. of those who are not of Mexican descent who don't even know yet that the United States is not in the World yeah, Cup that, this summer. That very well could be. Sad but true. No, and, and it's cool, Brian, just to piggyback on that. I think we gave this stat earlier that there's, what, four straight or five straight World Cups that the Mex- Mexico has gotten to this other group stage and into the, the round of 16. Six. Yeah, the yes. six straight. That's, that's enough for like a couple different generations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, it's, so it's not like this isn't just first generation 
Mexicans that are in this country. This is these are Mexicans that maybe their great great grandfathers came over, right, and, and crossed the border for whatever reason, and and like they are they're born and like they hear they're as English speaking as me, and they're as American as me. But like they have those roots to the Mexican mm. national team, and like that, those are the exactly the the types of people that are also like they're bringing that passion, like that passion runs through their families. And I wish that's something that the Americans have, and we, we can learn a lot from that. We there's no doubt, and yeah. I I I wish that we had that. I really wish we did, yeah. and we just don't. So I appreciate that, and and it's cool to see them sell out where they do wherever they do and or maybe not sell out but like hey that's a great attendance 40 to 60,000 wherever you are in someone else's country that's good attendance Dave your comment is a good segue into our predictions here to close out this pod let's do it the last six world cups as we've said several times they've gotten to the round of 16 Dave how do you think Mexico will do this time my heart Wants them to get a round further to the quarters. I think they'll get out of their group. I really do. So you think they will at least get some kind of result against both Sweden and South Korea, assuming yep. they don't get one against Germany? Yep, I really do. Okay. Um, I think they have a chance at drawing Germany. What? Wow. And dude. I think that they have will have a chance at winning one of the other two games. Um, so, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I don't know anything about anything, but... I think, <laughs> I think there's a good chance. And um, Osorio's had uh, Osorio. Is that better? That was that was better. Uh, he's had good success. So hey, I want to I want to go into this in a positive manner. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but I, I don't think they'll get to the round of 16. I, I don't don't like the the second round matches. I don't like Brazil, and or assuming they they finish second to Germany. The fact that they have to play Brazil next. But hey, look. Look, sometimes upsets happen. Everything just isn't always as chalk as it seems to be. Um, but I don't think they'll get past round of 16. All right, round of 16 from Dave. Brian, what do you think? Well, I would like to think that, uh, similarly, I would like to think that you could be consistent. I think it, you know, just the uncertainty of what would be now a, a, a new manager going into this World Cup. You know, Somebody who is not there the last time hopefully can improve, but I can't say enough about South Korea to know whether or not they pose any real threat. Sweden, we know a few players. Yeah, we do. I, my, I, I think it seems like a bit of a challenge. There seems like a bit of uh, it seems like a bit of uncertainty that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence going into the uh, going into this. So knowing that you have a, a one of the World Cup you know, one of the favorites to potentially win it in your group, you know, you'd think like, well, are we going to, we're playing for second, kind of. Uh, Man, that's such amazing optimism to think that they can get a result against Germany. But yeah, you know what? I Sure. Why would they not have as much of a chance to finish second in their group to advance? So you say round of 16? Yeah, let's say it. All right, so you and Dave share a round of 16 prediction. Come on, Scott. Where's your rain cloud? All right. So their first match in the group stage is against Germany. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that your chances of advancing out of the group stage after losing your first group stage match 
are incredibly difficult. Assuming they lose that first match to Germany, that would mean that it would be very difficult for Mexico to advance out of this year's group stage. Their only saving grace would be if Sweden and South Korea draw, therefore leaving Mexico in last after that first round of matches, but only a point behind the other two teams they still need to play. Mm, That's very true. Great math there. Thank you very much. Now, if that were to happen, that would be a little bit more likely than for them to escape from the group. But if either South Korea or Sweden happen to get a result against the other in that first match, suddenly things get a lot more difficult. Definitely not looking at a, a first place finish. I'm le- Honestly, I'm kind of on the fence between second and third place, but you know what? I'm not feeling optimistic like you today, Dave. So I'm going third place finish in the group. Okay. I think that you're going against behind, history. Yep. I think the streak ends here. I think I think that if you look at the roster, they've got a few good young players that you mentioned, but they also have a lot of status quo. There's a lot of age. They're aging. This is their last chance. And another way to look at it is maybe this is uh, they're a little too ripe in this particular World Cup. So they're aging, but they're ripe. I'm confused. Uh, too ripe. A little past their prime. Okay. A little bit past their prime. So I'm going to go third place finish. They uh, do not uh, escape the group stage. I'm going to let stats dictate my decision here, assuming a loss to Germany in their first match. Okay. And you hate stats. It's true. I never bring the stats. <laughs> Note that I didn't actually tell you what the percentages are uh-huh. when you lose your first group stage match, but I know it's not good. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we're all excited for the World Cup coming up. And... Um, Anything else you you guys want to add to that? You know, a lot of people say that the World Cups in which their own country doesn't qualify ends up being some of their favorite World Cups just because they aren't emotionally invested in a particular country, their their own their own squad, yeah. and therefore they just have the chance to sit back and enjoy the competition. Mm. You know, obviously that could happen here for us being residents of the United States. That would require a good tournament. An entertaining yeah. tournament. I think that there's potential for that. Does entertaining does an entertaining tournament mean that we have to have some upsets, or do we want just a status quo? Because um, typically, there's eight teams that have only ever won it. For the most part, it's really down to about five teams, really, right? Yeah. And so, one and one of those teams isn't in it this year. So really, it almost comes down You're to like... You're talking about Italy, right? I'm talking about Italy. Yeah. So now, now we're talking about Brazil and Germany uh, that have four and five wins, respectively. France, Spain, England all have one. Uruguay is in the competition. They have two. Argentina has two. They're in the competition. But, I mean, so... Man, yeah, of course, I think there's yeah, some interesting storylines. Yeah, of course. If you're, you're crazy if you're not rooting for an underdog somewhere, Dave. I think you don't you, want. You don't want. I don't want to see want, a Germany Brazil yeah, final I'm every year. You, you, you want? I, I don't think you will. I hope not. Brazil's I, not that good. I know. I personally think France. I like France's squad. France is a dark horse. I think it'd be interesting to see who gets to the semifinals. I think when France won it, it was in their own home country That's too. Right. I almost don't even want. And to there count was it. news about that this past week. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Well, no, no, no. What uh, Michelle Platini, the former head of UEFA, who was banned from UEFA for sure. eight years because of his involvement in some of the corruption that was going on in the sport, admitted, and who knows if you can believe him or not, but he admitted that there was a little bit of fixing of the draw for France's World Cup. So it was that, a little Max Fitchy. So that 
France would not play Brazil until the final. Interesting. I don't know how they did that, but that's what he's saying. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see who gets to the semifinals. I think it'd be interesting to see if Russia gets out of the group stage as the host country. Mm. I think it'll be interesting to see how far Belgium goes. Right. Belgium is uh, they were the, the not the, pick the four not years dark ago. horse, dark horse. Right. I mean, they, everyone picked Belgium four years ago. They didn't quite get as far as everyone thought. They got to the quarters, I believe, before getting knocked out of the tournament. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think everyone's pulling for Iceland, who's a neutral uh, in, you know, unless you're a follower of someone else in Group D. I think a lot of people are seeing how I, Iceland might do. I lost my Gilfie t-shirt for a while, but refound it so I can wear that again this Very summer. Very nice. Great. I think the tournament is going to be pretty open um, outside of just a couple of those countries that, that we talked about that you expect to see in the semis. But, you know, is Spain, is this their final hurrah with the current squad that they've got? You know, there's just a lot of, you know, Portugal just coming off of a Euro yeah. trophy. Can Cristiano ago, summon which, a little bit more magic? Yeah, I mean, most people thought that was pretty lucky in a terrible tournament. But, you know, what are they going to do as a follow-up? Are they going to do anything? Are they going to get out of Group B? I mean, probably, but then what? So it's just a lot of interesting storylines. I think from match to match, you could have some very uh, good entertainment. I mean, the second match of the tournament. The second match of the tournament. You know, Russia, the host country, always hosts sure. the easiest club, the easiest right. country in their first match, trying to give give them something. But the second match of the tournament is Mo Salah versus Luis Suarez. Oh man, Egypt yeah, versus Europe. That's, got, that's a, got some fire. I mean, this this match to match. Egypt, listen, with the way Mohamed Salah has has had the year he has had, who would count Egypt out of having of making a run? I mean, their only competition, Brian. They got Hagazi in defense, I know. and they got El Neni in the midfield. I mean, we just have the Egyptians covered all over the place here. Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay are the three countries in their group. I mean, Russia and Uruguay are probably everybody's favorites, but absolutely Egypt could sneak into the round of 16. Egypt could easily win that group. <laughs> No. I'm on record. Easily, I'm on record right now. We'll we'll preview that in the Egypt podcast, which is not ours to cover. But hey, we got to the end of Mexico. Yes, we did. It's going to be an interesting tournament. I think it'll be fun to watch. I enjoy these. It will make the summer go by that much faster. Oh, so we're gonna have to watch the rumors of the Premier League signings every single day. I mean, we'll still watch those. Probably course. still yes, but watching actual matches that mean something is way way better. True. All right. Hey, listen, for the Fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is uh, David Smith. Until next time.